In the middle of February, the unbelievable happened. Texas froze. Nearly five million homes and businesses were plunged into Arctic conditions as the Texas electricity grid, ERCOT, collapsed. It isn't over either. Recriminations and lawsuits litter the Lone Star State. To look into the Texas electricity collapse, we're going to look at it through the eyes of San Antonio, the state's second largest city and the nation's seventh largest city. The local utility is CPS Energy, which is owned by the city. We honor today to have the mayor of San Antonio, Ron Nirenberg, CPS Energy president and CEO, Paula Gold Williams, and Clinton Vince, CPS Energy litigation counsel and chair of the US energy practice at Denton's. He also co-chairs their international energy practice. It is the world's largest law firm. Welcome everybody. And let me begin with the mayor, Mr. Mayo, whom if you don't mind, I'll call Ron from now on. Uh, what happened? What went wrong in Texas? Well, as we saw, Llewellyn, and it's great to be uh, joining you as well as Clint and, and Paula, what we saw in February was a, an extreme weather event, a winter event. Um, but what, was, what followed was a systemic market failure uh, across ERCOT and all the energy systems in uh, the state of Texas. And a failure, uh, not only uh, in terms of regulation, in preparation, but also a failure for uh, uh, to control the market conditions. And that's what we're dealing with right now is a historic collapse of the energy system in the state of Texas. Uh, and the lawsuits that have followed are to protect ratepayers and residents from bearing the burdens of the crisis that was produced by that lack of regulation and preparation. Paula, how will the deep freeze and the catastrophe affect the utility going forward. Well, uh, well, and thank you so much. And thank you uh, very much for putting this uh, event together. It is always an honor to be uh, on panel with the mayor and you and Clint uh, and to talk about something that is just huge and historic. But what we really have to do is think about the future. What are we going to do going forward? The, the, the basic thing, the mayor is exactly right. We had a systemic failure all across Texas. Now, we're in a state that is rich in natural resources. We have uh, a huge abundance of natural gas in the state. And really and truly, there was no issue in terms of the, the supply that was in the line. That was a problem with many things. There were systemic issues with the supply of natural gas and how the natural gas suppliers didn't weatherize their systems and didn't think about making sure that customers had access. And then back to what the mayor touched on, ERCOT. ERCOT defaulted to a, we're going to let the prices go up, not just you know, at, the, at the end, but at the beginning, they made choices to create these extreme events. So are we going to do some things differently? The biggest thing that we're doing now is making a stand legally to make sure that we think about the way certain parties like ERCOT and natural gas suppliers decided that they were going to be in the middle of a crisis and then charge the highest prices that they can charge. 
we are systemically, the only recourse we have because there was a failure of the system and there was a failure in the regulation is to use litigation to get this, this egregious reaction to a declared uh, crisis uh, to be handled. Uh, just to spell out, ERCOT is the Texas grid. What does it stand for, Paula? Um, ERCOT is the Electric Reliability Council of Texas. So yes, it is the grid operator for the majority of Texas, not every aspect, I'd say about 85%. Clint, about the lawsuits in Texas, CPS itself under your direction has filed 18 lawsuits and CBS itself has been sued. Uh, how will this be resolved? Will it drag on for years as sometimes happens? Will they be consolidated? Can they all be settled in a reasonable time frame? Well, Llewellyn, first of all, it's great to be on with Mayor and, and Paula. They've given you a really good outline of the epic failure of uh, ERCOT, the Texas electricity market, and also uh, the amount of price gouging that's gone on in Texas. Um, normally, you would expect uh, regulators and the market itself to step in and protect consumers, but that has not happened in uh, Texas, regrettably. And so the mayor and Paula and other cities and utilities around the state have had to step in to protect their uh, consumers through litigation. I think some of the litigation, I'm hopeful, will be uh, resolved fairly quickly. Uh, in the case of ERCOT, the, they have been uh, declared to have had a $16 billion pricing error during a five-day period during the storm. It's incredible, but that has not been corrected. I think that's a lawsuit that ERCOT is going to lose. With respect to gas suppliers, some have been uh, very good and have not charged excessive amounts. Some have already uh, settled with CPS or in the process of doing, but those that um, are engaged in uh, price gouging uh, are gonna face very tough litigation from uh, CPS supported by the mayor. Clint, about that time frame, is it all going to be wrapped up in one calendar year? It's really impossible to put a time frame on litigation of this magnitude. I, I would expect the, the um, problems with ERCOT are so significant that they're gonna be identified pretty early. I think um, it would be wise for gas suppliers that have uh, gouged to settle their cases on reasonable terms. We just have no way of knowing right now whether they'll do that or whether they will uh, attempt to enforce excessive pricing. Ron, normally when there's a catastrophe of this nature, uh, there is a political solution. Is Texas going to find a political solution? Is it moving towards uh, a political adjustment, which will take care of some of these charges and other anomalies. You know, Llewellyn, there, there certainly should be. And Texas prides itself on being an energy state. And in order for us to retain that mantle, we need to clean up and reform the causes of this crisis. 
um, in which dozens of people died uh, in our state uh, due to this uh, massive failure. And what we also can't see is what is could be uh, the most uh, massive wealth transfer in our state if the regulators don't step in to mitigate a solution. Um, when this crisis first hit, uh, the uh, lawmakers were saying the right things and initiating the right investigations. There were um, re resignations and calls for uh, terminations of the folks who were in charge at the time that all of this melted down. Uh, but since then, there's been a relative uh, lack of action at the legislature, which is why here in San Antonio and you're seeing across the state, we're not going to wait for a political solution. We're going to exhaust every avenue we have, including through the courts, to make sure that the costs and the burdens of this crisis are not borne uh, by the people who suffered through it, the residents of Texas. Paul, are you at CPS Energy being very creative about the future? and seeking new technologies for storage, which can help alleviate the kind of problem which developed during the deep freeze. What are you doing? We are an, uh, an organization that has served this community for 160 years. And we knew that when we entered the decade for sure, and when we were in 2020, that we needed to think about replacing some of the plants that we currently have that are going to reach end of life by the end of this decade. So to your point, Llewellyn, we did launch uh, officially at the end of 2020, a big massive global RFP that will have us in reality, think about power bundled. And I don't normally talk, over talk about this too much, but the concept is, and I think this storm reinforced it, you cannot focus on one type of technology. You need them all. And because they all bring their benefits, they bring challenges, but they all bring their benefits. And to your point, we're going to use energy storage as a vehicle to help us optimize more solar and to make us think about, is it are there different types of long duration generation that we need to get to? And we absolutely hope that storage itself will be kind of the catalyst for this anchoring this big plan up to 900 megawatts of solar. Right now we have 50 megawatts of just typical lithium battery um, type storage, 50 megawatts of that to help optimize fast response. But then there's another 500 megawatts, which we think can be um, new types of storage. So that, I think the challenge that we have, we're, we're not done at all. We're kind of in the middle of the process to evaluate those storage components. I think part of the challenge is we still need more investment on storage because it is the duration that matters. And I want to highlight again what the storm uh, basically highlighted is that in 2011, we had an event and that event lasted about seven hours. This event lasted 70 hours. And so the ability to have uh, many potentially batteries that are coming down in price, but also look at new types of of uh, stores that don't have to be batteries. It could be a lot of different things that use like geothermal energy or some other mechanism or chemistry. And so we've got some bids on that that we're excited about that we're going to be looking at. And we're definitely gonna be looking at duration as a key component to the storage uh, type of solutions that are needed in Texas and across the globe. And um, Ron, what is your advice to a city like your own uh, 
which owns its own utility. I think there are 20 such uh, arrangements in Texas and across the country. Several big ones in California, Los Angeles and Sacramento come to mind. Uh, is there any particular advice that you would have coming out of this emergency? Well, publicly owned utilities, uh, of which uh, the CPS Energy is the largest in the country, um, are a tremendous public asset, a tremendous asset for a, a community. Uh, because not only are they uh, led by the um, the utility to to meet the demand, meet the demands and um, uh, services that are essential to a community, they also derive tremendous quality of life benefit. That's what San Antonio has seen. We're able to keep uh, the costs low for consumers, uh, but we're also able to meet the demands in terms of uh, diversification and in increasing our renewables. And one thing that I'm very proud of as a mayor in, in the city with the largest municipal energy utility in the country is that we've also become one of the most financially stable and diversified portfolios of energy utilities, publicly owned energy utilities. That is the way I believe you build a strong energy utility, but on, on top of that, you build a strong community. So there's tremendous value. Uh, what I would suggest for communities is to establish a strong partnership. And in San Antonio, the city of San Antonio, our community and its energy utility have that, a focus on um, transparency and communication with the community that they serve and that they're owned by, uh, but also um, when, when there are issues with regard to um, you know, when, winter events, the, the response is uh, very uh, expeditious and, and, and uh, you know, the, 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 the quality of service that you get from a publicly owned utility when there is that kind of relationship and partnership with the community that they serve is uh, unparalleled. And, and I'm very proud of the relationship that CPS has retained with its community over the years. Llewellyn, and, if, I could, if I could jump in a little bit. Sure, uh, of course. And really um, highlight the, the mayor's uh, commentary about municipal power. You know, municipal power understands that that our investors are really our customers and vice versa. And we are absolutely mission driven. And the benefit of being owned by the city is that there's a great relationship with them as we watch as, as the mayor and the city council works very, very hard to think about what people need as citizens of the seventh largest city in the United States. In reality, we also treat our customers like our friends and neighbors. And in fact, I'm from this community, born and raised on the east side of town, never thought I would have some of the opportunities and the honor and the pleasure and, and the accountability to run this utility. But the way that municipal power thinks is it thinks about the principles and it, and it definitely looks at its, its mayor and its council and its city leadership, its city manager as partners to make sure that we're aligning the things that we need to do with the bigger objectives that they're trying to work with. And even I want to be thankful again for the mayor for his support of fighting for our customers. I mean, we are passionate about this. It's a business cost to us. These co The cost of fuel and the cost of power is really a pass through to us. It doesn't e hit our bottom line. But what we know 
is that a billion dollar bill, which is more than the amount of cost that we would pay in a year, much more excessive, um, egregious, that goes to customers' pockets. And these are the same citizens that the mayor and our council and our board have to represent. So the emotional connection to do the right thing for the right reason, in this case, fight, fight to protect our customers, is all passionate. And I am just proud of, of Mayor Nuremberg for thinking about what he can do in terms of driving us to look for solutions when we can't get solutions in the legislature, legislature, we can't get the solutions that we need right now through regulation. And most people are turning a blind eye because it's a complicated issue. And with his leadership that I can align to, I can in turn have our team at CPS Energy fight to protect our customers from what I call a financial tsunami that followed a horrible reliability crisis. We've got to not let this happen again. We've got to make sure that we fight for the principles of this, because if the reaction is every time there's a challenge in the state that somebody's gonna go ahead and gouge us just because they can, that's the worst, the worst for our customers and the worst for San Antonio, the worst for Texas. And so I will tell you again, it, it, is, it is something, it is a passion of ours. And again, we are absolutely proud that our mayor is really at the, at the forefront of this fight with us. Clint, is there a role in federal disaster relief for San Antonio and for Texas as a whole, and maybe to deal with like a billion dollar bill, which no entity can be expected to pay? Well, well, and normally there's a, um, a rule against price gouging when a disaster has been declared. And we are taking the position on behalf of CPS that that rule should apply here, that, that price gouging during a disaster when people are uh, in freezing temperatures in their homes without electricity um, and sometimes without water, that um, that price gouging is unconscionable, shouldn't be allowed. I think um, also Paula and the mayor were modest in describing uh, public power in response to your earlier question. Uh, historically, the city of San Antonio and CPS have had among the highest bond ratings in their classes because they're so well run and so reliable and so effective. When you look at what happened to San Antonio and to CPS, it, it reminds me of the old Dakota tribal saying that when you discover you're riding a dead horse, the best strategy is to dismount. The defenders of ERCOT right now should dismount and they should get a horse that's reliable and affordable because right now their approach to San Antonio and CPS has really been merciless and that needs to change. And unfortunately, you would normally expect that change to come from regulators and policymakers. But as the mayor pointed out earlier, uh, it really needs to occur in the court system now because the traditional authorities are not protecting consumers. Um, thank you. Ron, uh... Have you consulted with other mayors in Texas? Maybe, I think there's 20 utilities I mentioned earlier who are owned by their cities. Uh, 
have you formed any common bonds, any common approach to this disaster and the financial hangover as a result of the freeze? Uh, yes, and, and we are all uh, reeling, obviously, from uh, the winter event itself and the lack of preparation and really the, the um, egregious lack of communication from ERCOT to prepare local communities for what was about to occur, the mixed messaging uh, and the lack of communication altogether to prepare local communities and utilities for this. Um, one, of the, one of the byproducts of uh, the deregulation of the Texas energy system years ago is that there are many different uh, flavors of energy utilities all competing in the same market. Uh, and, and in our case, a public utility um, so we're all in slightly different situations, but the truth of the matter is the one commonality is that none of us designed this system and none of us regulated this system. And on that, ERCOT was a massive and historic failure for the entire state of Texas. And everything failed, didn't it? Uh, it was pretty universal failure. Uh, uh, absolutely. And... You know, one of the challenges is, as there are uh, different bills floating in the session, um, you know, Clint referenced getting off the horse. We're not even sure what the horse looks like anymore because there have been massive uh, resignations um, and, and the CEO also was uh, resigned or terminated. So there, there is uh, simply, uh, from my perspective, chaos in terms of where we are, where we're going, uh, with the regulator uh, and the overall uh, system of governance. And meanwhile, local communities like ours in San Antonio have to protect our residents who are already been through uh, catastrophe over the last several months. Paula, there's all this uh, debt floating around, unanticipated, gigantic debt in the billions of dollars floating around Texas like a great dark cloud over the utility systems of Texas and I report, I suppose, over the cities of Texas. Um, are you going to have to raise your rates? Well, um, I, the first thing I want to say is, as as Clint noted, we are uh, a strong uh, entity, a strong financial entity, very much so. And this event has, though, had a catastrophic impact on the nation and on you know, the financial conditions of Texas, which is typically a strong market. We will, we will pay all of our bills associated with the storm, but we have to make sure that before we pay them that they are valid, that they are legitimate. We do believe that we have been the victims of gouging and price manipulation and just downright disregard during a crisis. And so that's why it's still important for us to get that price down, the, the billion dollars. Getting that billion dollars down, uh, Llewellyn, will help us get to a more reasonable overall cost for the storm. We don't, we, we're not saying at all that there wasn't um, stress on the system and on the market. But I will tell you another, another clear aspect of the failure of this entire system is what, what happened is the suppliers of fuel and natural gas basically left every utility, CPS Energy included, just desperate to try to get fuel. And they let us bid the pricing up. Now I will say there were a couple of really good responsible 
companies that saw what was happening to Texas and they actually changed their pricing and they were being very, very responsible. But we had some that were just outrageous in terms of what they wanted to charge us. And every time any of us, any of us operators went out to go and buy, they, they were allowed us to bid that price up. And the problem really was that the more the price went up, they didn't, they weren't able to increase their supply. And just like when a plant goes down for, for CPS energy, we don't turn around and say, because our, we're having difficulties and we have a plant going up that we're gonna automatically increase rates. Matter of fact, we don't do that at all. Now, in the end, after we go through trying to negotiate, because we are, as Clint said, we are going to, we are, we are extending the olive branch to these entities and saying, let's come up with something that is much more reasonable, but fair, fair to you, fair to, to, to our citizens. If we could do that, or if we have to legislate, whatever that number is, we, we believe it should be much lower than a billion dollars. And then the way that we will take care of this, working with our council after again, exhausting all of our avenues, we will do our best to use the rest of our financial strength and might and spread that cost over time. Now people say, well, why would you do that? But that's what utilities do. When we get to, when we get solar and we get big farms, we work with a third party so we could spread that cost over time. Or if we're buying, building a new fossil plant, we build it, we pay for it, and we spread that cost over time. So this is the, the main thing that we would do to make it much more affordable. And then yes, we, we will ultimately have to ask our, our uh, citizens and our board and our council for the support that is needed. But in the end, we haven't had, we've only had one rate increase in 11 years and the last one is seven years ago. Uh, go. Um, there are legitimate reasons uh, for rates to go up over time, uh, to invest in infrastructure, to keep up with the demands of a growing utility. Uh, and that's what has occurred over CPS over the last several decades. What is not legitimate though, is for us to have to increase rates to take care of uh, price gouging that the, that the regulators refuse to deal with. Um, that, that is not what rate increases are for. And so what I've been clear about is that if, if that is the position of lawmakers to just let this go by, uh, we are gonna cost Texas uh, in terms of advancement of our own energy system, which is part of our economic development capacity uh, dearly for generations. And so they have to step in and what I've said from the very start is that the first question lawmakers need to be asking themselves is who got rich while Texans suffered because of this price gouging and because of this price manipulation, as Paula and Clint have said. And that's what needs to be taken care of so that we can get on with developing the strongest energy system in the country. That's what we want to do. Uh, but it's going to require some gumption and some forward thinking. And, and we're not going to wait for it. We're going to take it to the courts if necessary. That's our show. We thank you for coming along. And to the broader audience, I say, uh, you've seen the importance of caution in this broadcast. So please put your mask on. You can relax. You don't have to be crazy about it, but put your mask on. It's the sensible thing to do. Thank you for joining us and be safe. Cheers, everybody. White House Chronicle is available as a podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen, we are there.